up. We are 1061 Nash Icon WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is the Wednesday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune-in app available anywhere in the world via iHeart to listen in. Of course, our podcast available after each and every show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on More, click on Podcast, and you'll be able to check us out and hear what took place on this given night. You can always email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Later on in the show, we'll visit with Fletcher Mackle, a WDSU on the New Orleans Pelicans, who suddenly have their act together despite missing players. We'll get started by talking about the New Orleans Saints and the latest news there, and certainly some good news because you now have 13 players who have returned from the COVID reserve list, and those include Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Demario Davis, Quan Alexander, Caden Ellis, James Carpenter, JT Gray, Jeff Heath, Jordan Mills, Christian Ringo, Adam Troutman, along with Malcolm Jenkins and Jawan Johnson. So that's 13 guys back. Maybe, just maybe they'll have them all back by Sunday's game from the list that missed last week. And, of course, the big question remains, you know, the league was going to let the Saints play on Monday night no matter what. They weren't even thinking about it putting it off another day and maybe giving a chance to a few more players to come back like they did the previous weeks for other teams. Do you think the league is treating the Saints differently than others? It sure looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, that, that's the only thing you can conclude after what happened the previous week. Just my thoughts. And then, of course, where the injury report is concerned, the Saints did not practice today, but they had to put out an injury report by league requirement. So they did, and even though they didn't hit the field, they declared Teron Armstead out today, still with his knee problem. Traquan Smith out with a chest problem. And then two players limited, Marcus Davenport with a shoulder, Nick Vanette with an ankle. That was the injury report turned in by the Saints today. Still no word of Ryan Ramchek. He's on the reserve COVID list. Of course, was injured too, so we don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see what transpires. Of course, the Saints will host the Carolina Panthers 325 Sunday. They still have, according to the numbers a 41 percent chance of making the playoffs if they went out and get some help for whatever that's worth and certainly it would appear that Taysom Hill will return at quarterback 
this coming Sunday against a beleaguered Panthers team that's really scuffled this season. Joining us to talk about the Saints, and more is a good and great friend, of course, former St. Augustine, Nebraska star, and New Orleans Saints star in the Saints Hall of Fame. Great to welcome my friend Tyrone Hughes to the show. Tyrone, Happy New Year to you, buddy. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Happy holidays, Happy New Year, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Just throw it in there. Listen, good to talk to you, and always a pleasure. Look, I'll start with this, the Saints return game, because you pay so much attention to that. We don't see many kickoff returns anymore, unfortunately, but we do see a lot of punt returns, and Deontay Harris, when healthy, is as good as it gets. And this young man, Aesop Winston, he's done a pretty good job filling in for Harris, hasn't he? Yes, he did. He has. Um, I was very, I was really impressed with him. I think, again, we still can get the way everything is set up, especially on at least with the kickoff returns, when you have an opportunity. The way things are set up, I think if they did a little, couple of more things differently on blocking schemes, um, we could actually see a lot more kickoff returns uh, because of the way they have it set up now uh, for touchdowns. But as far as the punt returns, that's just all about those guys up front doing a better job of blocking and um, obviously your return is setting them up. But I think he's done it. You know, he's held it down at least um, uh, since Deontay has been gone. Of course, your other specialty was playing defensive back. And the Saints went healthy. They're pretty good in the secondary, aren't they? Oh, this probably the Saints defense as a whole is probably one of the best in the league. Obviously, you know, the numbers show it. But I think even just looking at what they missed, um, you know, this this last game, I was really surprised, you know, knowing that uh, because I hadn't seen them, but knowing that Miami was on a seven-game win streak, I was really expecting their offense to be more high-powered, um, you know, putting up more points or whatever. And when they came in the second quarter and they got the ball back, I think they had it like maybe two minutes and 40 seconds, and they actually let the clock run all the way down to two minutes without running a play. And so I was kind of like, well, wait a minute, where's the offense? You know, where's this, this scoring explosion thinking, you know, two and these guys have gotten it going on. And what I actually saw was him really looking for Waddle the majority of the game. Uh, and, and I expected, I thought he would do a lot more running um, but he didn't have to. Um, but he did a, he did a pretty good job. But when you look at the, the defense and, and not having Quan Alexander and not having Demario Davis, um, you see where the, the emphasis is at. It's definitely on that front four uh, and them not having backups. But then also on that back end, you know, yeah, they did miss Malcolm Jenkins, but typically that, that he's covering probably a tight end. So, you know, having P. Rob come in there and being able to do that, um, having those, you know, obviously the, the cover guys are Malcolm and Roby or um, Gardner, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, who's just going to get on everybody's nerves. Uh, but they've been doing a hell of a job, you know, back there covering. Uh, and, you know, everybody say, you know, it's the rush. It's, it's kind of twofold, Ken, because sometimes it's the rush that helps out the DBs and sometimes it's the coverage that helps out the rush. You know, and so they've been doing a hell of a job on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, even at the beginning of the year, uh, even before the season started, I said, you know, the keys to the Saints winning this year uh, were going to be the defense carrying the team uh, because I didn't see us, even with Jameis Winston in there, putting up a lot of points uh, in, in games. 
and then having the offense go through Alvin Kamara, uh, not putting the pressure on those the quarterback, whether it was Taysom or Jameis at the beginning of the year, to to basically say, hey, you have to carry us. The only problem with putting that 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 emphasis or that stress on Alvin is he's really not built for that type of carry or that type of um, uh, toughness, I guess you could say, throughout the course of a season. Yeah, he's great for games, you know, what have you, but as we've seen, it has taken a toll on him, and so he was out a couple of games. But we still need the ball to go through him for us to put up, for us to score points. Well, you mentioned uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and he's the kind of guy, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's on the other team, you hate him. He plays with an unbelievable, unbelievable attitude and, and sometimes maybe a little bit too much, but he's, he, he can get under a player's skin. Bottom line is he's a really good football player, isn't he? He's a good player. You know, I think he, he, everybody talks about his coverage. I don't see him as that great of a cover guy, but I think he uses his help well and, and his leverage uh, playing in the slot and having an understanding of where his help is going to be. But, I mean, he has, you know, sometimes he get, they, they'll pick on him and guys will catch balls on him, and then, and then all of a sudden he, hey, you try to go at him again, and now he can pick the ball off. So uh, he, he's definitely one of the better guys that's back there or has been back there, um, you know, making plays. Really good tackler, uh, for sure, and the same is true of P.J. Williams. Uh, they're good in the box and toward the line of scrimmage, unquestionably. Now, you've played for the Saints. you watched the Saints for years. Marshawn Lattimore, is he the best cover corner they've had in the history of this franchise? Uh, I wouldn't say best. I mean, I think you've had some other guys that have come along, but I, definitely, I would say he's probably in the top five. Um, as far as some of the cover guys uh, that have been out there, I mean, you know, I think Reggie Jones was a, gr- a good cover guy. Um, so, I mean, you, you have um, a couple of guys that were out there that, that have come along, you know, even before I played, um, that were pretty good. And so I think, obviously, from what you see, because, he does, again, he every, everybody's going to get beat. You know, nobody's going to beat Dion. You know, uh, but everybody's going to get beat from time to time. And I think what has happened this year is that he's gotten caught, um, I think, cheating, you know, from time to time on certain plays uh, that has hurt him. But obviously, as far as being a, a man-to-man, you take the best guy on the field, cover guy, I think he has. he is definitely one of the best in Saints history, yes. So the defense overall has played well. Great to see Cam Jordan playing at a higher level again. And, of course, Demario Davis has been terrific, and Quan Alexander came back in really uh, good stead from that Achilles injury. So that's all the good news in the kicking game. And the punter's been terrific as a rookie. But then there's the bad news. That's the offense. It's just not been a pretty picture. Jameis Winston was efficient. You know, Jameis Winston had 14 touchdown passes, three interceptions, but he still was only 59% completions, and they were 4-2 and in the games that he really played. Uh, but he was clearly better than what they've had. The problem is, no matter who the quarterback is, you're not going to get much done with this cast of characters. You've got Alvin Kamara and little else. You have Marquez Callaway, who on a good team is a third or fourth receiver, no tight ends, an offensive line that's poor because of all the injuries. There just isn't much to work with, is there? 
No, not at all. And that was one of the things that, you know, after this game this weekend, um, I went on another show and we were talking about that, how the fans are just like, you know, they can't believe this, they can't believe that, Ian Book was gone. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm like, it didn't matter who was that quarterback in this game. The same thing, you probably was going to get the same results because you don't have an offensive line. You know, and I've, I've always said to me, I think Trevor Simeon is the better of the three quarterbacks. Yeah, Jameis had, you know, everybody said, well, he's 5-2, and two, and they were on 4 I said, well, if you want to look at just stats or numbers, then I don't think Jameis won those games. It was the defense. And when you look at the Atlanta game, I said, well, Trevor won that game, but the defense gave it up. I said, you look at his drives. And the last few plays, uh, two drives that he had against Atlanta, and you look at the drives and two-minute drives that he's had against Philadelphia, when he's in the pocket, you can see he's more comfortable to me. He's more comfortable in the pocket, and he actually goes through all of his reads, and he can actually drive the ball down the field to me, to me that I felt more comfortable with him than what I've seen out of Jameis. Now, in the beginning of the season, I was all for Jameis getting the starting job and thinking that, hey, he can get at least not not put the team in harm's way, which he didn't do. But I think Trevor Simeon would give us a better op- opportunity with a healthy offensive line, with healthy receivers, to actually move the ball down the field and put up more points. Now, regardless of who was in the game these last couple of weeks, you know, they talked about Taysom in the Dallas game. Again, you don't have an offensive line. So teams are going to start pound, packing the um, packing the line of scrimmage and forcing you because they know Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram is basically your, 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 your get-out-of-jail-free guys. You know, they're going to be the ones you're going to go to to try to help get this ball moving or get at least try to score the ball or at least put a drive together. So if I stack everybody on the line of scrimmage and shut down the run, now it forces you to throw the ball. Well, you got receivers who can't get separation. you got an offensive line that can't block. So I don't care who you have at quarterback, they're not going to be successful. Visiting with Tyrone Hughes, Saints Hall of Fame inductee. And listen, uh, you know, the other thing about that was Simeon was really responsible for the home win over Tampa Bay. Winston got hurt early in the game, early in the second quarter. And it was Simeon that, that led him the victory that day, with all due respect to Winston. Look, Winston's still the best. In my mind, he's the best, he's the best option they have, but obviously he's out for the year. The question is, what's the best option long term? I said before the season started, that I didn't think the, the next Saints quarterback was on the roster, and, and I still feel that way. And, that's, and I agree with you. I agree with you, Ken. And, and, and as you said, I told, and I tell everybody, I said, well, if y'all want to go, I said, well, if you want to look at, you know, games one or whatever, I said, well, then that means Taysom Hill won the game against Tampa Bay this time. I said, well, shouldn't Trevor at least get the save for the Tampa Bay game the first time? I said, if he didn't get the win, he should at least got the save. (laughs) Yeah, he played most of the game. So, yeah, look, I mean, we get that. You know, the starting quarterback's records as a starter, uh, that's all there. You can do do a lot of things with numbers. Sometimes the numbers matter. Sometimes sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're overrated. Look, Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 here. He did a solid job, but no one would mistake him for being an outstanding quarterback. That's why exactly. he's and, and that's what I'm saying. Years. Ken, the thing that and, they're missing, 
the thing that they're not understanding is a lot of those games, I said Teddy Bridgewater got paid. I said he stole, but hey, if you're going to pay him the money, go ahead and take it. But he wasn't the reason the Saints won those games. It was the defense. And that's what all people see is, oh, well, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, or Taysom Hill was the quarterback, or Jameis Winston was the quarterback. But that's not the reason why they won. <laughs> yeah, look, Winston was really good in the win over Green Bay, the season opener, but the whole team was great in that game. And after that, it was a matter of just not making mistakes, which he did a good job of not doing, and and taking advantage of an opportunity here and there, and the defense playing extremely well. And, and that's really what happened. So when you look ahead, uh, whether they sneak into the playoffs or not, uh, this their year, obviously. Uh, you know, you never thought you'd see an offense like this with the Saints, but you have. They need a lot of help. You know, do you pay <laughs> Teron Armstead, or can you not trust him with all the injuries he's had? I mean, that's question number one. You know, question number two is who's your quarterback going to be? And question number three, what do you make of Michael Thomas, and can you count on him? Is he supposed to come back this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, not this year. I'm talking no. about for next year. For next year, yeah. So then, the, and you're right. So what is the question? Is that is? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's about him taking the whole year off. He should come back at least healthy and be prepared to play. Mm -hmm. But what is his mindset? You know, where's he? Where's his mm -hmm. mindset going to be? You know, as how as, does he trust the club? Does the club trust him? You know, is he going to be a, a right. locker room issue? So, I mean, that's that's a lot of questions pertaining to him. No doubt. And then, of course, offensive line in terms of Teron Armstead. Look, he's a really good player when he plays, but he's never played a full season. I mean, there's, there's just so many injuries, and it's hard it's hard to pay a guy when he's not out there much, right? Exactly, and and I'm gonna tell you this. On the other station I talk to, Ken, I'm always talking about um, how good Davenport is. But I call him instead of calling him Marcus Davenport, I call him Anthony Davis. But I think I may have to switch that that moniker to Teron Armstead. <laughs> I hear you. Look, I mean Davenport's an incredibly talented player, but again, you got to keep him on the field. As long as I mean, it's, and it seems like it's always for Cincinnati it's always something. It seems like it's always something with that with him and Teron every year, you know, and not just one time out the year, several yep. times throughout the year. Yep. Another guy at the end of this year <laughs> that the Saints are going to have to make a decision on is Traquan Smith. I mean, have you seen enough to say it's time to move on from him or what? I would say so. I think. I mean, the receiving core. I think. I think. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphreys, if he's given the opportunity uh, a little bit more, I think he he can come along. Uh, obviously, Callaway has at least stepped up to be the number one guy. Uh, but mm -hmm. I don't really see anybody where they that, that's going to come in and or, or that they have to where you're talking about. Oh yeah, we need to pay this guy or need to keep this guy. No, I think all of them are kind of right. expendable at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Callaway, definitely. Humphrey at his age and his size, sure. Uh, those are guys you keep along with Thomas. And beyond that, I just think you start over again. Although Deontay Harris certainly figures in that mix if he's healthy, which, of course, he's due to come back if he can get off the COVID list. So we'll see what happens with him. You know, As you look at the NFL right now, it's been an up-and-down year, Tyrone. Do you like 
any one or two teams in either conference at this stage the best? Who do you like in each conference? Well, I'll tell you this, Ken. In the beginning of the year, and it's kind of, like you're saying, it's been up and down because at the beginning of the year, there were a couple of teams who started out well and looked like they were going to run for the Super Bowl, and then they kind of had a little lull in it, and then they kind of picked back up. One of those teams, obviously, is the Kansas City Chiefs. But then the second team that I like, and it seems like they're picking back up, is definitely the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I think Joe Burrow has really stepped up with that team over there, him and Jamar Chase, and and the running game that they have. And um, I think they need to add a couple more guys on the defense, and they can definitely uh, make make a run for the uh, Super Bowl. I mean, they're they're I know they're tops in their in their conference. I mean, their division. But looking at the way the team has played. Uh, consistently, I think, you know, if they can add a couple of more guys defensively, they're going to be dominant. Yeah, they've got a really good running back in, in Mixon. Obviously, uh-huh. of course, the receive, receiving core is really good. Uh, Burrow's been exceptional. Offensive line still needs to improve, and I think on the back end defensively, they still need to get better too. Uh, but, I, but, you know, look, I, I see them being close. Problem is their schedule is very tough the rest of the way. And they got to go to Kansas City this week. I think we'll find out a lot about them this week going to Kansas City, right? Yeah, because I think both of them have come again. They they both Kansas City kind of started off slow, and now they didn't picked up. But even with 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 Cincinnati, they kind of started off hot, went went kind of cold, and now they're picking it back up. So I think we're catching both teams healthy. If I'm not mistaken, I think both of them are healthy. So that means you know, and they're both peaking or starting their you know pick up. Um, as it gets closer to the playoffs, so I think it should be a good game. Yeah, I think it'll be one of the more intriguing games of the year. Then after the Kansas City game, the Bengals have to go to Cleveland, and that'll be a tough game for them, regardless of how Mayfield plays or whoever their quarterback is in Cleveland. So it's going to be tough, but look, uh, they're a good young team with a lot to like. Now, the NFC, to me, is really intriguing because the Packers you know, are on top right now, but the Rams are very talented. Dallas... Uh, when they put it all together with all their players on the field, has a ton of talent. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Arizona's really struggling for whatever reasons. Now, what do you see in the NFC at this point? Well, over there, again, like you're saying, and, and kind of going back real quick to the AFC, Miami, you know, has been on that seven, now eight game win streak, which is, again, amazing because I'm looking at their offense, and they're not, to me, it's not like they have a high-powered offense. So, obviously, they're doing the same thing as the Saints, where they're, they're relying on a defense who's playing really well. But in the NFC, obviously, Green Bay has picked it up since the first game of the season uh, against the Saints. Uh, it really turned their, their, their season around. Um, compared to what we thought after that first game. And then um, you look at um, Arizona, who everybody thought, you know, hey, they're moving on, they're, they're doing great, and now they didn't kind of tank, you know, the last two or three games. Um, the Rams started off slow, uh, didn't look too hot, and now they're picking it up. So I think, again, it's, it's just teams starting to catch their stride, having guys, you know, first of all, if you have healthy players, and starters on your team to play, you know, these guys being able to play together is starting to, you know, they're starting to come along. Dallas has been a surprise and, and it has been up and down, but you still can't really trust what they're doing until, you know, I think a couple more games, I have to, I'll, I'll, I'll believe in Dallas at that point. I, right now, I still don't believe in them. I didn't mention Tampa Bay. I was saving them for last. Defending <laughs> champion. I, I, I just think. I think this. I think it's very, very, very hard to win two years in a row. 
you have the longest season. You have the shortest off season. Uh, your body takes a beating. It's hard to get motivated again. Everybody's trying to beat you. Uh, they're good enough if they can stay healthy and be healthy enough. The question is, can they be? Do you see the Buccaneers as having a chance to repeat? I see that, of course. I mean, first of all, because you got Tom Brady. You can't take anything away from them with, with having him back there. I think the only team that really gives Tom Brady fits is us. You know, and if we're not there, they got a chance. But other than that, again, having if they're able to get their main guys back, um, it's going to be tough. They're going to make it tough. You know, none of their the defense hasn't played like they played last year, but I think their guys are coming along. And like I said, all season long, with all of these changes with COVID and all of these guys out being in and out or what have you, um, injuries, uh, it, it does make it tough to repeat, especially for, for a team like that. But the one good thing is, like I said, everybody came back. So I think they kind of picked up from where they left off at understanding each other's, you know, defensively, offensively. Everybody being able to play together, understanding time, time, understanding the receivers. But when you don't have those guys or the, or the, or the backups are not producing, it's going to make it hard, you know. And you came away from not scoring any points against the Saints, and then you ended up beating whoever, uh, whoever it was they played last week um, with and bringing Antonio Brown back. So that adds another dimension to um, his offense. Whereas if you get um, Evans back, um, we know Godwin is out. You know, if you can get Leonard Fournette back uh, or either the other running back. So, I mean, they, they, they've been hampered, but they've still pulled out a win. So that's the thing I'm saying. It's a testament to Brady, that offense, and still yet the defense is playing, doing a good job. So I think they can definitely make it a is. run for the Super Bowl again. A few more minutes with Tyrone Hughes. Uh, college football, just a quick take on LSU and Tulane. I guess with Tulane, uh, they had three straight bowl seasons this year. I know your friends with J.J., they – they struggled uh, really in every phase this year. They, uh, they just weren't good up front on offense. Their receivers still weren't good. Uh, their defense was historically bad for six games. Then it improved. Michael Pratt kind of leveled off. And, you know, the one good thing was Tajay Spears returned from injury, and he was really good. Uh, you know, Tulane's a tough place to win. I mean, can they find a way to sustain winning after falling back this past season? Well, I mean, it's, it's – it's- it's hard, like I said, it is hard because you're not going to get those five stars across the board. And typically I would say, you know, hey, it's coaching, not developing the kids, and, you know, you got to have the kids that you have, develop them into five stars, and then you'll start getting five stars. But it's hard to do. I mean, just, just based on the school itself, it's hard to do because I don't think you're going to get, nowadays you're not going to get those players that you actually need to help get you over the hump. So I think they just got to try to, you know, keep – plowing along until they can find that those, you know, few few other guys that can actually help the team out. And then as far as LSU is concerned, obviously a change when you look at things that Ogeron's out and Brian Kelly's in and people just have really interesting takes. I thought Kelly made a really good hire yesterday with his defensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs and the guy's won everywhere he's been. He's put up big numbers and yet some people weren't thrilled about the hire. I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, as I tell everybody, number one, wait to see what his full staff is. Number two, give him a chance because the guy has one. He understands the line play as well as anybody, and that's something they need desperately. Uh, more than that, no one knows how well of a fit it's going to be until we actually see it in action. We know he's one. Does he fit here? Don't know. Uh, just your overall take on that situation. 
Well, and again, when I saw the first the hire the first time, I wasn't too happy about it. Or I wasn't excited about it. But like I said, hey, I hope it works out. Because again, like you're saying, I don't know. I just thought the person that was coming in wasn't the fit for LSU because of the area and, and what have you. But I think one of the first things he did by hiring Frank Wilson, I think that's gonna be that's gonna help him out a lot by getting some of those local kids uh, throughout the state, like you're saying, having the defensive coordinator come over from 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 um, uh, the Chiefs, you know that's going to help him out. I think, but it's again being able to teach the kids, um, and I think Bo Pelini w- would have worked out fine had Ed given him a chance. I think they just had a, t- a hard time adjusting from a three-four defense to a four-three defense, and he didn't see the results he wanted to see. Talking about Ozron uh, immediately, so that's why they ended up getting rid of Bo. Um, but I think. Yeah, that could have worked out given the time and, and, and the adjustments that the team would have had to make. Now, with this new guy, I don't know. Again, it's all about being able to teach these kids and develop them to have an understanding of how to play this game. Because everybody goes, all of these coaches go out, they get great recruiters to get the kids in, but hardly any of them really develop the kids. They have all of the talent, but they don't really develop them into players or they don't really they're not able to teach them how to play the game they just go out there and say okay well you're an athlete this is what you do go do it and that's not how the game works and that's how you end up with great athletes or what have you but not but not winning games last question tyrone the playoff of course coming up new year's eve you've got alabama cincinnati you got georgia michigan you like uh you like either any of those teams in those games you feel strongly about of Any course, of Alabama, you got to go with Alabama. <laughs> you know, you, until until you prove Nick Saban wrong, you got to go. You got to go with Alabama. And one of the things I thought was crazy is that how a lot of people were after the uh, the SEC championship, how they moved. Everybody was mad because they moved Alabama to number one and Michigan to two. So that means Michigan it was Michigan and Georgia is playing in Alabama and Cincinnati. So everybody just automatically assuming. Oh, where well, it's going to be an SEC championship? So you're not, you're not, you're just all of a sudden counting out Cincinnati and Michigan, and just automatic. We don't want to. They just played. I'm like, well, okay. If they just played um, for the SEC championship, do you want them to play again in the playoffs? Right, right back to back. And then, so, and so, in hopes you'll see a uh, 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 Michigan or a Cincinnati playing against a Alabama or a Georgia. You know, either way it goes, you're going to see them playing again. Georgia and Alabama, you're going to probably see them playing again. So whether it's in the cha- uh, the playoffs or whether it was in the championship, you're going to see them play again. But it's like everybody just wiped them out of contention as far as Cincinnati and, and, and Michigan. Like, y'all don't have a chance. And I'm like, no, that's why you play the game, because you never know what can happen. He's Tyrone Hughes, Saints Hall of Famer. Tyrone, listen, appreciate the time. Happy New Year to you and yours, my friend, and and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. Anytime. You got it, buddy. Tyrone Hughes, number 33. We'll take a time out here. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the New Orleans Pelicans. Fletcher Mackle of WDSU will join us to talk about the Pelicans and their progress. We'll touch on the Saints with him, too. As we continue with All Access for a Wednesday night, Ken Trahan here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. 
It's a very Carrie Christmas. You could win Carrie Underwood's holiday album, My Gift Special Edition on vinyl, plus a new record player to listen in classic style. Daily winners will also qualify for a trip or two to Las Vegas to see Carrie Underwood Reflection, the Las Vegas residency at Resorts World in 2022, including air, hotel, and tickets to the show. Listen weekdays for the national text keyword for your chance to win a very Carrie Christmas. Prizes provided by Capital Records and AEG Presents. Macy's After Christmas Sale is going on now with great deals for your New Year's kickoff, like 25% off chic party dresses. Find amazing lingerie specials, too, like bras for just $19.99. And reset and relax with designer sheets and bedding from Hotel Collection, J. Queen New York, and more, 55% off. Plus, get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Are you looking to add more ground clearance or enjoying the terrains? Or you want to improve the ride quality and hauling capacity of your car, truck, or SUV? Then Southern Tire has the answer. We are your lift and leveling kit experts. If you enjoy going off-road, Southern Tire has the lift kit for your vehicle. Our suspension lift kits will increase ground clearance and the performance of your vehicle. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TIME. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's new double steak grilled cheese burrito coated with melty cheese will leave you speechless. So get to Taco Bell and pick one up today at participating U.S. Taco Bell locations for a limited time only. Double the steak claim as compared to the steak quesadilla. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints are back at work today in preparation for Sunday's game against Carolina. Malcolm Jenkins and Juwan Johnson off the COVID-19 list and good to go. NFL coaching legend John Men has passed away at the age of 85. He was a great analyst as well. New LSU football coach Brian Kelly names Matt House as defensive coordinator. House currently the linebackers coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll start once his NFL season is done. The shorthanded New Orleans Pelicans trail by 23 in the first quarter to 
to Cleveland on Tuesday night, but they came back, took the lead with just over three minutes left, and won 116-112 to 112 at Smoothie King Center. Rookie Herb Jones, 25 points, a career high. Jonas Valanciunas, 15 points, 10 boards. Devontae Graham, 18. Garrett Temple at 17. The Pelicans signed forward Farron Hunt to a 10-day contract. College basketball tonight, unbeaten in 16th rate. The LSU opens SEC play at number 11 Auburn. Tulane will host Memphis. The Southeastern women play at Houston. The UNO women are hosting Grambling this afternoon. And Tulane begins a search for a new head volleyball coach after Jim Barnes accepts the job at Iowa and Kane Thompson named the new head coach of the NOLA Gold. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Good friend, great sports caster, sports director, sports reporter, Fletcher Mackle, WDSU. Joining us now, Fletcher, always a pleasure. Happy New Year to you and yours, man. Uh, Happy holidays to you and yours as well, Ken, to echo your sentiments. Thank you very much. You got it, buddy. Listen, uh, uh, just to touch on the Saints briefly, I want to talk about the Pelicans, but uh, what we saw Monday night had to be what everybody expected. I guess the big question now is why the NFL was so steadfast in making them play when that did not happen the previous week and they allowed games to be played a day or two late. I think it's a legitimate question, don't you? I think it's a legitimate question, but I also think that there was more conversation than this wasn't the iron fist of the NFL saying you're playing on Monday night because we have that time slot to fill whether you like it or not. I was told that the same, you know, head-head discussions with the NFL, now how far they got, I don't know. And to me, it was one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because hypothetically, look, the Saints only cleared two players yesterday for Tuesday. So if they'd have moved the game to Tuesday, they'd have gotten Jawan Johnson and Malcolm Jenkins back, and they'd have lost a day of practice preparation and recovery for the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, you look at the Cleveland Browns. They moved their games a week before from Saturday to Monday, and they cleared no one. Their top two quarterbacks couldn't play. So I think the difficult situation is moving it to Mm -hmm. Wednesday was probably out. That was too deep into the week. In moving it to Tuesday, the Saints had to ask themselves realistically, how many guys are we going to clear in this situation? Now, that being said, it was an embarrassment on national television for the NFL to put that product out there and have the Saints play in that game completely decimated because of COVID. And I certainly think it led, it was one of the driving factors to push over the finish line, the reduction in days following the CDC guidelines from 10 to 5, because they pushed mm-hmm. it through pretty quickly after that debacle on Monday night. But I don't think, again, I know fans love to hate Goodell in the NFL, and a lot of times it's warranted. I don't necessarily know if this was the iron fist of the NFL saying, ha, 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 we're going we're gonna, to you know, punish the Saints again when we let other teams you know, move it. I, I just don't know if it was quite as diabolical as that. I agree with you, and I also agree with Sean Payton, Payton about what he had to say about Ian Book. By no means am I sold on Book, but by no means do I think it's fair to judge him based on what he was thrown into Monday night. Horrible offensive line, basically no receivers, no tight ends, and again, and, and few days to prepare. 
So I don't think that was a fair assessment at all. But I also think it accentuated how far this team has to go for next year to be a legitimate contender offensively. They need help on their offensive line. They need help at tight end. They need help at receiver. And they might need a new quarterback. So other than that, they've got Alvin Kamara, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, and he's, he's a one-man wrecking ball this season. I, I saw on Monday night, he, he missed four games this season, and there's still two games left to play. And he's already eclipsed his usage for his since he got to the NFL in 2017. More carries, and he missed four games, and there's still two games to go. So if it shows you how much they're leaning on him, it's almost unfair to ask him to be Superman. Here, give it to Alvin and pray and hope he does something spectacular. That is not a recipe for success. Um, Looking at your comments about the Saints offense, I am one of these people that I think the offensive line, when healthy, is, is much better than people think. Even though Cesar Ruiz has not exactly emerged as some standout, I love Eric McCoy. And then if, if Armstead and Ramchek are healthy, I think that they're two of the best in the league. Um, tight end, I, I certainly think you need to see more growth out of Troutman. Receiver, I would agree with you 110%. They have got to find some legit NFL receivers. The, the Marquez Callaway story was great in training camp, but he's not a legit number one. They've got to go get some help if Michael Thomas isn't healthy or if he's not here, or hopefully he comes back and they can figure out some type of kumbaya situation to make it right. But I put quarterback at the top of the list because I don't know if any of the four quarterbacks that we've seen this season for the New Orleans Saints start games should start games in 2022, and that includes Jameis Winston. I know he was 5-2 and two as a starter, but it was you know carried by the defense, carried by the offensive line, carried by the ground game. It was 30th in the NFL in total offense. So I think they need to figure out, it's the most important position, they need to figure out what the future is, not a one-year band-aid like they did this year, whether they they truly believe in Jameis and they want to invest in him long-term, or they go get another veteran, or they draft someone. Mm -hmm. I think that has to be priority number one for this offense. Go get your signal caller and in, in, in make that priority number one. And then, in the pecking order, I would probably go wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line depth. Turning our attention to the New Orleans Pelicans, look, it's early, uh, but I think I've already made up my mind. They made a good hire in Willie Green. I think the guy's got a great future. He communicates well. He's only going to get better and grow. But what I'm looking at is they're starting to make adjustments, but beyond that, this team is playing extremely hard for him on a night-to-night basis, regardless of who's out there. I would agree with you 110%. I, I wish that David Griffin, and look, I, I have a relationship and a friendship with Alvin Gentry, and I like him a lot, but I go back to 2019 when David Griffin was hired, and I felt like you're rebooting the franchise. Go get the young coach to grow with this team. I lobbied is is as loud as I could on my platform. Go hire the young coach with Zion and the young players and the young nucleus, and they kept Alvin. Then when they moved on from Alvin, who's one of the most likable people in all of sports, they went with the, the hardcore, old-school disciplinarian, and it was just a massive fail at every level. I think take three, they finally got it right because Willie Green is a guy who's been there, done that, and he wasn't. he, he was doing it 
you know, not that long ago as a player in this league. He's been an assistant coach under some remarkable coaches and Steve Carr and Monty Williams. He went to the finals last year. He knows basketball. He knows connecting with people. And just his temperament, you know, to me, from the human level, who he is, how he was raised, what he believes in, I think you're 100% correct that they finally seem like, if they've done nothing else right in three years, they seem like they have finally found the right coach for this team. He might not win NBA Rookie of the Year, but there was no better draft pick in the entire NBA draft than Herb Jones. And that's not a partial statement. I believe that based on what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, look, Evan, Evan Mobley, you know, to me, I think is, is, is a really good pick for the Cavs. In, in what he's been able to do, and I think he's been a, a large part of their resurgence. And, and if he can stay healthy, we'll probably, you know, make a strong run at Rookie of the Year. But to me, Herb Jones has a chance to be that Draymond Green. If this organization can ever win and get it together, Draymond came in in that draft in 2012, and uh, same year as Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes was a top-10 pick for the Warriors. The Warriors had good young players. In, in Curry and Clay Thompson, but once they got that kind of grit and grind, dirty work guy in Draymond Green, it, it kind of all came together, and he's been a force for them. I hate to compare Herb Jones this early to Draymond Green, but you know the parallels are pretty similar right now. Draymond was a four-year college player, heart and soul of a Michigan State team. People weren't sure how his game was going to translate to the NBA, and then he showed up and did all of the things that produce winning basketball. Herb Jones is a four-year college player at the University of Alabama that played on a great team last year, defensive player of the year, player of the year in the SEC, and just a smart, high-IQ guy, guy on the basketball court that knows who and what he is and how to get it done. So I, I hope he has a career like Draymond Green, but even if he's 60 or 70% of Draymond, that is something this organization could use. So, yeah, I agree with you. It was a fantastic pick because they haven't hit on a lot of these picks just yet. And to hit on the second rounder is an even harder task, and it seems like they've done it. Right, because Trey Murphy has not been that guy yet. It's still young, and there's no need to jump to conclusions yet, but he hasn't been where they hoped it would be to this point. Jonas Valanciunas was a terrific pickup. He's been just outstanding. Devontae Graham's done a solid enough job. Alexander Walker was disappointing, lost his starting job, but he's been good off the bench. Josh Hart's been, you know, exactly what you expect. The Energizer Bunny, I like to call him. He's been solid. Garrett Temple stepped up recently, and that's good. Uh, still, this team is, is limited. I mean, they, can, they could maybe be close to 500 with this cast, but they need Brandon Ingram healthy, and we don't know how long that's going to be with regard to how long he's out. Yeah, and that's the big key. Look, that, that game last night was fantastic to see Garrett Temple score 17 points and hit that clutch three because he struggled at times this year. But he's not going to do that every night. I mean, he's not going into Milwaukee to do that. And, and to think that some of these guys are going to play above their head um, without Ingram and certainly without Zion Williamson, you're going to get it some nights, but you won't get it every night. Ingram can at least continue to the way he's playing. I mean, he, the last 10 games he was 27 points five rebounds or six rebounds and five assists per game. Um, so they need him back. If, if his injuries, you know, two to three games, I think they can 
continue to hold the rope and get better under Willie Green until Zion gets back and really make a push at that, that play-in for one of those final seeds. If, if Ingram's going to miss three to four weeks with a, an Achilles strain, it certainly becomes much difficult for them to, to climb out of the hole they dug in early because they have really climbed out of the hole that they, that they created early for themselves. But they need Ingram back on the floor, especially, you know, I don't think we're going to see Zion until, I would guess, February, um, maybe late January. So if, if Ingram's out till then, it, it could, the slide could, could become too great. But if he can get back sooner rather than later, I certainly think they can continue to stabilize and remain relevant in that, that play-in conversation. Yeah, because of the play-in and because of the Western Conference simply dropping off significantly this year. Denver with injuries, Dallas without Doncic, obviously for an extended period of time. You know, then of course you look at the Clippers without a key player all year long. I mean, it, and the Lakers, you know, basically becoming you know a, a retro team of sorts. So I mean, the bottom line is the Western Conference just isn't that good. So you look at the ten spot. And I'm not a fan of this playing business, by the way. I've said that from the start. But when you look at the system the way it is, yeah, they they do have a chance because there are not 10 good teams in the West. There are not eight good teams in the West right now. No, you're right. I mean, you look at the teams, they're all struggling. I mean, right now, San Antonio's 10. Portland is struggling right now, and we don't know who and what they are. Even with Lillard and McCollum, they have struggled mightily. Um, the Kings are going the wrong way after firing Luke Walton. You know, the Pelicans are right there. So, yeah, there's, there's three or four teams that you don't know who's going to end up in that, in that 9 or 10 seed. And that's why I think, you know, they're going to continue to push and win games, all the talk of blow it up or, or play for picks, it's just it's not going to happen. And so I think that they're going to continue to get better. And look, if Ingram comes back sometime in the next week, and Zion does get back and is in shape and playing at the all-star level he was last year, I really believe the Pelicans could get into that play-in in that 9 or 10. And look, I don't love the play-in either. I, I think it was something that was created in the bubble and should have stayed in the bubble. Well, it was created in the bubble, and I think it should have stayed in the bubble in 2020. But I get the appeal of trying to keep teams interested in from tanking at the end of the season. So from a competitive standpoint i certainly understand why the nba did it and and i think the pelicans are going to be in that conversation because there's a a lot of woefully mediocre teams grouped up right now from 10 to 14 no doubt uh listen hopefully ingram is only out a week or so hopefully williamson gets back by the end of the month and can be somewhat effective if that happens i think they get to the play-in level if it doesn't they won't it's that simple I don't think they're going to have a winning season, but I like the trend of what I'm seeing from this team and I like a lot what I've seen from this coach, as he does too. He's Fletcher Mackle of WDSU. Watch him every night, 6 and 10. Fletcher, listen, always appreciate it. Happy New Year to you, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Ken. Happy New Year. See you in 2022. Thanks for having me as always. All right. My pleasure. Thank you, Fletcher Mackle. All right, it's 504-260-1061. If you'd like to join us, we'll take a time out here. Back with more when we continue in a moment. All access here on 106.1 FM NASH Icon and at NASHFM1061.com. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. And for 87 years, the Sugar Bowl has hosted top-ranked teams, All-Americans, and national champions. 
Now, on New Year's Day, the best of the Big 12 and SEC will square off in the 88th All-State Sugar Bowl. Get your tickets today. Visit AllStateSugarBowl.org for ticket information. The Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. Unwind from your daily routine with Vicks Vapo Bath or Vicks Vapo Shower and let those soothing Vicks Vapors help you relax. <sighs> Enjoy a Vicks Vapo moment wherever you choose. Look for Vicks Vapo Bath and Vicks Vapo Shower in a store near you. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a digital account executive. If you have at least one year experience in paid search, Google display, paid social media, and digital video advertising, and want your paycheck to directly reflect your hard work with no income cap, send your resume to NolaSales at Cumulus.com. That's NolaSales at C-U-M-U-L-U-S.com. Cumulus New Orleans is an equal opportunity employer. If you're looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Han Roofing today. The number is 504-737-2228. 504-737-2228. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. This report is paid for by NHTSA. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Presented by Sky Vodka. Party the night away for New Year's Eve at the Metropolitan in the Warehouse District with Tritonol and DJ Manny Fresh. And on Friday afternoon, catch the All-State Sugar Bowl Parade. Then on Saturday night, head to the Dome for Ole Miss versus Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Where You At Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Well, college bowl game action continues, at least the games that are being played, right? North Carolina State had it. Lost its bowl game when an opponent pulled out because of COVID issues. Didn't leave them very happy and without an opponent. Clemson's playing Iowa State. Clemson leads 6-3 in the third quarter of a very dull game on ESPN. Many of these bowl games have been, by the way. Still to come, you got Oregon and Oklahoma later tonight. Maryland beat Virginia Tech earlier today 54-10. I mean, there have been some dreadful bowl games this year. Opt-outs, COVID, lack of interest, all these things. Good news is 
Talking to Jeff Hundley with the All-State Sugar Bowl yesterday, uh, their ticket sales have been excellent. They're, they're about full. I mean, that's really good news to be able to attract that kind of crowd to a game that's not part of the playoff picture. Of course, I'm not surprised, given the teams that are here. Baylor, a conference champion, excited, bringing folks. Ole Miss, bringing an enormous number of folks. And, of course, with a very good alumni base here in Louisiana and in the New Orleans area, certainly helps, too, and they've had an excellent season. So, knock on wood with any other COVID issues with these teams because it's day-to-day. We should have an outstanding crowd. It should have a good football game on New Year's night for the All-State Sugar Bowl, which, of course, is a big boon to our economy locally. Really looking forward to seeing that game. And again, it's day-to-day, so we just hope and pray that nothing else goes wrong. Oh, you one more time out. Back with a final word or two when we continue in a moment with all access here on Wednesday night, Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Macy's After Christmas Sale is going on now with great deals for your New Year's kickoff, like 25% off chic party dresses. Find amazing lingerie specials, too, like bras for just $19.99. And reset and relax with designer sheets and bedding from Hotel Collection, J. Queen New York, and more, 55% off. Plus, get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Hate checking your mailbox because you owe money to the IRS? Stop pretending it'll magically go away. The IRS can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even take your home or business. Scary stuff. Thankfully, there's a new way to get right with the IRS. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, an IRS program created specifically to help taxpayers struggling due to the pandemic. This powerful program provides new, more flexible options that can make resolving your tax problems easier. If you qualify, it could save you money. Nobody knows this program like America's number one tax relief firm, Optima Tax Relief. Optima will stand between you and the IRS fighting to help stop aggressive collection actions and helping to protect your assets. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Have you looked at your website lately and said, gosh, this needs work? Or maybe you've just been putting off building a website for your business. Well, don't stress. Cumulus Digital is here to help. Our custom-designed and comprehensive website packages include everything you need, including links to your social media, Google search, and we even drive customers straight to you. Starting at just $1,500 to build and low monthly hosting and maintenance costs starting at just $85, we'll take care of it all. Go to nolacumuluscares.com today and get started. What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, navage? And should I try it? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. It's the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. 
Nasal irrigation is an effective, all-natural way to clean your nose. It's not a drug. It's more like plumbing. Saline goes in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out mucus and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. It's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage pulls out the bad stuff so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart. Or go to navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Over 2 million sold. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed. Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you. Have you ever wondered what town in Mexico your great-grandmother was born in, and did she really live to be 100? With Ancestry's vast record collection, you can find the details that bring your family's story to life. And now, through Friday, you can explore 5 billion records for free. Search at Ancestry.com radio. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. As we close things out tonight, we told you about the 13 Saints players coming off the COVID list. Now one player was added to the list, unfortunately, and that's free safety Marcus Williams, who went on the list today. So don't count on him this weekend, and that's a big loss for the guy that plays that free safety spot. For the Saints. I mean, it's going to be like this week to week, folks. 